0: You know what it is, that's right, it's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears, it's the Money Talk with TIFF podcast.
1: Hey everyone, I am super excited today because I have Russell Fugit on the line. Now Russell, I met him at an equity conference locally here in Greensboro. And he is a phenomenal person. So just to give you a brief overview of what we're going to be talking about today, his two times great-grandfather escaped slavery and was a blacksmith and filed a U.S. patent. Then his uncle, Reginald F. Lewis, is the person who wrote Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun, which is one of my favorite books. So I'm super excited to have Russell on the line today so we can talk about entrepreneurship and generational wealth. Hey, Russell, how are you? Hey, Tiffany.
0: Thanks for having me on today.
1: Absolutely. It is my pleasure. So, like I teed up in the intro, your family has done some really great things and it didn't stop with them. You are continuing to do some really great things. So, let's just hop in to why entrepreneurship is important for Black families.
0: My grandmother, who turned 97, has always told us that we live in ownerships. And I think there's something to be said for Black determination in a sense of cast your own vision and control your own destiny and have equity in this land, in this country in particular, and, and even thinking globally, wherever you might be listening today. And as, as you mentioned, my great-grandfather, Joseph Fugit escaped slavery in central Tennessee, uh, was trained, there was actually an article that came out recently that that told a little bit more of the story in upstate New York, ended up in upstate New York, was adopted by a white doctor in the Union Army, and then was learned the trade of a blacksmith from a guy named Russell, which is how I've gotten my name over the years, and uh, went on to own his own blacksmith shop, J.M. Fugit Blacksmiths in a prominent corner location in uh, Baldwinsville, uh, New York near Syracuse. And then in 1888 filed a US patent for a spring mount to the buggy, you know, horse and buggy. And I have that patent on my wall in of my office. And he had his own business. He owned a lot of property, had a farm, sent all of his kids to college. And so he really, in essence, lived the American dream, but nonetheless had a very challenging life. As a young boy, he left his mother behind in Tennessee. And we have records he sent money back for, for, to her to, and eventually sent money to have her buried back in Tennessee and so was even shot at one point in his store. So he still had to nonetheless persevere. And so in a lot of ways things are certainly better for us today, but there's still so many challenges that we have to learn how to persevere, remain in community to be able to do, but nonetheless can have a similar success that certainly I benefit from all these years, over 140 years later.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to also just point out what you just said, you know, your people, you know, your history. And I feel like that is important as well. And that was instilled in me from a very young age. My mom is a genealogist. So she goes way back. She knows all the stories. She knows it like the back of her hand, but what been interesting to me is how these types of ideas and stuff can run through families like I know in my family my and I don't know how many greats because I know my mom listened to the podcast so they <laughs> get in trouble I'm sure but, this. but I know it's some great great grandfather he was an entrepreneur he had hundreds some acres down here in North Carolina right. he made everything so they pretty much had like their own little homestead and so it's it's crazy how Stuff like that kind of repeats itself through the generations. So I just wanted to make sure we point out that it's important to know who your people are right. and be proud of that history. Absolutely. A lot of times, you
0: know. And I share this with you. And I'll be brief on this point. I'm descended from a free African. I fought in the Revolutionary War because Joseph Martin Few get married a woman named Josephine Bakeman, who was the, whose great grandfather fought. And so through that, I'm descended from a free person of color that fought to found this country. And as a result. I am in the Sons of the American Revolution, which is one of the most established genealogical societies in the world. And I think there are only be a few hundred African-American members, but there's over 10,000 black Americans who are believed have fought to found this country, right? So I encourage everyone to find your heritage. I believe very powerfully in the concept of Sankofa to go back and take, so we have to go back and find the perseverance and the strength that that got us to where we are in this moment, so then we can cast our own vision so that we can go forward.
1: Absolutely, wholeheartedly agree. It gives you a sense of pride, empowerment, and you also see what's possible. The thing is, if they were able to do these types of things, <laughs> like we should be able to do whatever we want because at this it gives point, me
0: power. And that's why I say I hope it inspires you, even though it may not be your relative. Maybe we are cousins. I have a huge family tree. I could tell you about that another time. Do your history, know that it it, is so empowering. There's excellence inside each and every one of us.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So let's switch gears a little bit, sort of. So when it comes to the racial wealth gap, this is something that I talk about a ton on the podcast. So whenever I get a guest that can nerd out with it, (laughs) nerd out on it with me, I get super excited. So when it comes to the racial wealth gap, how do you feel entrepreneurship plays a role in that?
0: Entrepreneurship, again, we live in an equity an ownership society and the part of ownership that allows you to create assets that generate wealth right we cannot and i know your podcast you beat this drum almost every week we can't just survive on our income and that's why you started this podcast. we can't just get a check and invest and perhaps if we're lucky to have a 401k and rely on that that's going to maybe be okay that's a baseline but we really cannot rely on that to create generational wealth and even we cannot even just purely rely on home ownership a lot of conversation around home ownership and that's certainly a, a, a strong important plank right or platform Piece of the pie, but we have to be able to expand and grow. And, and people who truly create wealth own and operate businesses of some sort. Maybe you have a real estate portfolio in actual business, right? So you can you know not just your home ownership per se, the home that you live in, as a way of wealth. I'm excited to be the founding executive director of the Endowment Commons, right? To to contribute to so many different organizations in conversation in the last five or ten years around this very topic. And so I'm just excited to help carve this lane so at the endowment commons we are uh, working to create to close the racial wealth gap and we're creating a hundred percent mission aligned portfolio so what does that mean so we're gonna we're a 501c3 public charity and you can donate money through that. You can go to endowmentcommons.org right now and make a donation to any amount. We take crypto, we'll take assets, you name it. If you need that information, you can contact me directly. I can give you that paper so you can know how to transfer your crypto and your at your property and your real estate. If you want that kind of donation, and we're going to invest that capital with minority-led funds, right? So black and brown folks and women who are leading investment funds. And as we know, many of us tend to be able to find Other black and brown, and tend to have diverse strategies where we're investing in black and brown businesses. Of course, we're going to over index. We'll have large cap, but only a handful of those, medium cap, small cap, down your traditional stuff in the marketplace, right? But then, we're probably going to over-index in in the alternatives and looking at venture capital, right, which will inject capital into our economies in terms of investing in businesses and startups and new businesses and businesses that are going from the seed round to A round to B round, et cetera, to really scale and grow and hire and have an economic impact in our community. Then, of course, we're also going to be investing, you can be a white guy with a diverse strategy. There's some that are out there, right? There's some folks who say, hey, I get it. I have a diverse strategy. So diverse fund managers and diverse strategies, right, we're looking to invest. We're going to take the proceeds of that endowment, and then of course invested in endowment style into other nonprofits. In the funds-to-fund model, and other nonprofits that have programs that are doing the work to close the racial wealth gap. So that what does that look like there's some tech jobs, entrepreneurial development, and there's all types of programs of people that are doing excellent work who need capital. And of course, as we know, and there's a Wonderful article that I consistently refer to in the Stanford Social Innovation Research Journal from this winter that talks about the need to endow black led nonprofits and that disproportionately, particularly black led nonprofits have to spend more time raising money to address the need. So we want to help these nonprofits delever the need to have to constantly go out on an annual basis or maybe they'll get a three year commitment from an institution. And once that's over, they're back to square one, and have to go raise more money we want to find the best of breed nonprofit programs and be a consistent source of funds for them because we're going to have an endowment, right? So money is the mission and people get uncomfortable saying this, but money is power. Money is impact. And so we're going to create an endowment. We really believe in time in the next decade, this can be a billion dollar platform and we're just getting started and looking for ways to partner with nonprofits and then finding other organizations and the private equity firms, people who want to Donate to us and also be a part of our ecosystem of venture capital and other organizations in finance that can receive investment. Kind of will be an LP in a sense where we can invest in in a, as part of our portfolio to get to inject money into our economy. So we're really excited about it, and we think this is really a, could be a transformational organization and institution. And I'm excited to be building it.
1: Absolutely. And I, it is so dope that you are building it because that was, that has been one of my things. And I know I mentioned this at the conference we were at, like here locally. There's not a lot that's for us by us. It's a lot that there are nonprofits out here and they're out here doing the entrepreneurship thing and helping entrepreneurs or what have you. And I'm grateful for them, but there's nothing that's for us by us. And for me, that's super important because if you don't have that, then you run the risk of saying, oh, this is what you should do without really understanding what the people are actually going through. <laughs> um,
0: happens a lot when folks, nonprofit leaders go out and have to ask for money, right? You no, know, People on the ground like yourself have the expertise. I wouldn't wanna come into Greensboro with a million dollars and tell you what to do. You're in Greensboro, you know what to do. I don't want to say what, once you're me your plan, give me some information that's going to help me understand this is going to work. And, and then I'm going to give you the money. I'm not going to ask a whole lot of questions. I'm not going to, ask, I'm the expert because it worked, because it worked somewhere else doesn't mean it's going to work in Greensboro. Every place is different and your leadership and your plan is going to be unique. And so understand that and valuing that, right. And not having a bias towards that. There's recently was research that says that folks can be biased against people of color just innately. And it takes continuing communicating success. That that we're competent and capable and know things, even know more than other folks. And some of this is true brain science. Some of this is, of course, systematic and institutional and historical. And we got to work against it and demonstrate success and create equity and value and ownership, as I've been saying.
1: Yes, yes. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because every time somebody mentions bias, I always bring up the implicit bias study because just Google it, y'all, and take the test. So many different tests out there, but it is so true. Like I am the most pro-Black person that I know. Everybody (laughs) knows me for that. And when I took the test, it was still slightly biased against my people and I was like whoa what excuse me like Tiffany so it's very eye-opening but like you said it comes from the systematic the fundamental like all of that stuff that we're fed on a daily basis it's hard to get past it and honestly glad that I did as much work as I did to get past it but as I said there's still more work to do and so it's super important to know what your biases are, so that way you can navigate around those and be more aware. Yeah, try to avoid
0: the blind spots. You don't get blindsided. And we're always working. Our brains are funny things, and I won't get into the brain science, That we do have to do the work and recognize where we fall. And sometimes not be afraid to take a little bit of risk. And where our success often, whether we're an investor or a nonprofit leader or what have you, is on the other side of that uncomfortable point, right? And so we have to get enough information Within reason, of course, and be wise, but then we have to push beyond that fear and that uncertainty and take a little bit of re- to see the reward. And that's really the entrepreneurial mindset. That really is what it takes to really lead and be a participant in an ownership society, as I said.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And one more thing I wanted to mention, too, if we have people listening where they're like, oh, I don't want to start something or something like that. I also highly recommend more of us being on boards. Like I serve on a ton of different boards around my community. And if I wasn't that black voice in the space, then things would probably be a lot different. I've had to sit there and explain what WIC was, what food stamps were, stuff like that that, and I don't blame people for not knowing because if it's not part of your reality, there's no way for you to know. But at the same time, if these are the people that you wanna help, you have to understand what they're going through, what resources are available to them and things like that. And so if I wasn't there in that moment to explain these things, then things would be a lot different. So I highly recommend also, if you are listening and you have an opportunity to serve on any board that aligns with what you're trying to accomplish and your values, please do it because we need more representation for sure.
0: Indeed, indeed. Show up when the chance comes, show up.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, with that being said, I also wanted to get into so, we talked about your family history. We talked about what you are currently doing for entrepreneurs. Where do you see us as a people going next? If somebody's listening to this right now, And they're like, okay, this sounds good. This sounds great. How do I do this? Like, how do I get started in entrepreneurship? What do I do? What do you suggest people start? What is a ground zero?
0: I, I think I might have said this today. We met from the panel I was on, which is understanding your strength. What is your unique gift to the world? And so many people, and I get this question, I've been able to have spoken over the years at a number of different institutions, colleges, high schools, and of course in the corporate space. And I still, some people pull me aside in the corporate space and say, hey, I'm trying to leave my job. <laughs> and I have a question. How do I become an independent entrepreneur or start something on the side? I have this interest, right? And so I tell people, find, figure out what it is you want to sell, do, you know, if you produce, make something, if it's a physical product or if it's a service, and then find the first person and figure out a price point, or perhaps you have to give it away at first, right? And then get feedback and iterate. My, my great-grandfather did not create a U.S. patent because he figured it out on the first try. He had to reiterate, iterate, iterate before he had something that was unique and valuable and worth patenting, right? So it's a process, and you got to find the first one. you got to take the first step, but before you can do that, you have to be very clear about what your market proposition is. You can't be all things to all people, and I've made that mistake, so I'm speaking to myself. You have to we, we all do we all do like, but, but it, it's part that's part of the journey too right maybe you'll try one thing i don't like i like doing that too And then you try something else right but you have to have an iterative process and be again as soon as you can get clarity as to what your gift what your unique gift is to the world that you can offer and maybe that's not something you can do by yourself. Maybe you have to get with a couple of other people who have gifts you don't have, and those complement each other. And that's how a lot of startups do it. And that's when I coach the startups. I say, who are your partners, and what do you do, what do they do? Okay, what and what's still missing that we need to find from the outside to make this enterprise a unicorn? And that's the dream for everyone to have a billion-dollar enterprise. That's really the starting point. It's really not complicated. We make it complicated. We make it hard. We talk ourselves out of it. Right. But that, again, that opportunity is right on the other side of that uncertainty, that fear, taking that little risk, taking that first step to ask someone, Hey, would you pay me a hundred dollars if I could do this or provide you this? Is that what's the value for? And again, you can research and find out the pricing and all that, but just take the first step, find the first customer. And guess what? You're in business. Right, we can, and You can listen to your podcast and find out how to file and get a 1099 and file LLC. Or you can listen to this podcast and get other information to find, okay, I got one client. Now what am I going to do? I want to get 10, 20. And how, how do I maximize this and then begin to create wealth? It's a journey, but it is so worthwhile when you think about having children and generational. And you ask the initial part of the question. That's where I really think that's the next step, I think, for us as black folks. Yes, we got to reach back and pull more folks up into this ownership society which is what we're going to do with the endowment commons. But then we got to think, how do we transition that wealth to the second, third, fourth generation? And that's the part I'm getting excited about and learning about, even as my family goes to some of those aches and pains of figuring out how do we transfer some of the wealth and the success and the knowledge that we have? The, there's a course, there's a wealth piece, but I think money is only a minority, a smaller part of it. I think the, really the social capital, the intellectual capital, the know-how And then the family values and love that come together, that's what's going to keep the family together for generations and keep the money and the mission around the money, how you want to show up as a family in your community, united and focused on continuing to make impact. And that's really where we get to legacy. And so that's really where I think about for black folks. I'm thinking about the, how do we create that, that, that funnel from entrepreneur owner to legacy.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know if y'all are watching, you can see me shaking my head like it's about to come off. Um, (laughs) You're listening, you can't see it, but I'm telling you, I'm shaking it because everything that he just said, I know I beat into the ground on this podcast. I I beat into the ground because it's so true. I always say everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. So just go ahead and make that step. Just go ahead and do it. Now, I'll and tell you, you this. Also- well, even for oh, me, man.
0: my uncle died. They said he was the wealthiest Black American I ever lived. I don't know if that's true or not. Billion dollar business, Beatrice Foods, and they look it up, should workers, have all the fun. And I'm scared. So it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to tell you about it right now. It's okay to be scared and not know and be uncertain. It happens to all. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you got nothing, or whether you may seem like people think I'm already rich. I know I didn't have to borrow money for college, but my uncle didn't leave me a trust fund. Let's be real. But I had a lot of understanding and knowledge, but still was scared, and still worked through that on a daily basis. Okay, do I know what the heck I'm doing? Am I an imposter? So again, I want to be very humble in saying that it's not just not unique. We're human. It's all of us. So just take the first step, and then figure out the next one, and keep stepping. Mm -hmm. Keep stepping.
1: Keep iterating over and over. And I also say on the podcast a lot: you fail early, and you fail on. There you go. Just put stuff out there. If you fail, it's cool. It's really not failure. Yeah.
0: that's the value and the failure you learn something that's valuable Exactly, and then teach it exactly. to someone else so they don't fail again that's what I'm here to do is to tell you don't be afraid just go do it I think I wasted time sometimes it's, I wasn't sure and you know, just, you know dith- dithering do it absolutely. now's the absolutely. time Now is the time go do it
1: absolutely and you have resources available so don't think that you don't there are resources out here to help you get through right. there's people infusing capital there's people just providing the education hint hint I'm talking about me and Russell
0: subscribe
1: (laughs) yeah the information is out there so russell if people were interested in learning more about you what you have going on i know you hinted at it before but i always like to wrap up like this how could they find you
0: i'm all over in and instagram facebook at russell fugit r-u-s-e-l-f-u-g-e-t-t you can find out more about the endowment commons at endowmentcommons.org and then I'm also on a for have a for-profit, Endowment Commons is a non-profit, I'm a for-profit, which I didn't get to today, Joomla Network, we're a strategic consultancy and knowledge network focused on diversity and inclusion. And we leverage the International Organization of Standards definition of inclusion, diversity and inclusion, and that standard was just released in May of 2021. And we have a software platform that really drives diversity and inclusion as a service assessment and audit. And then from there, we deploy projects to help organizations mature in that area. And again, you can find out more about that at Joomla Network. That's J-U-M-L-A network.com.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's a whole nother tangent I can go on. (laughs) But thank you so much, Russell, for coming on the show today. It was my pleasure. And like I said, guys, like I said, like I say all the time, I will have all of the information that Russell just spit out to you <laughs> in the show notes. So don't worry if you didn't catch that. So definitely check out the show notes. I have all his links, the link to his uncle's book, all that good stuff. And I just appreciate you coming on, taking the time to talk with us today. Thanks
0: so much, Tiff. I look forward to being with you in person. I think I might get to Greensboro again soon. I'll keep you posted. Thanks everyone for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening, joining and being a part of the Money Talk with Tip podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at MoneyTalkWithT.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at MoneyTalkWithT. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient.